Hey, it's Bill Simmons. Today's episode of Channel 33 is brought to you by SeatGeek, the presenting sponsor for my podcast, as well as the only fan-friendly app for buying and selling tickets for sports and music. With just two taps on your phone, you can instantly buy SeatGeek tickets to an event, and you can enter that event just using your phone. No paper tickets. Drop your old ticket app. Use one that's built for 2016. Download the free SeatGeek app or go to SeatGeek.com. And don't forget to check out my fairly new website, TheRinger.com, for the very best in sports, tech, and pop culture coverage. And don't forget about The Ringer Podcast Network, which features Keeping It 1600, The Watch, Channel 33, Shack House, and our Ringer shows for the NFL, NBA, and MLB. And finally, don't forget about my new television show, Any Given Wednesday, which runs every Wednesday night at 10 p.m. on HBO and reruns on HBO Now, HBO Go, and HBO On Demand. And now, without further ado, here is the masked man, David Shoemaker. Welcome to the Masked Man Show. I'm David Shoemaker. I'm sitting across the table from... The Silver Lake heartthrob, Steve Kazee. <laughs> How you doing, man? I'm good, man. Good, good, good to see you. It's been a lot of wrestling over the past uh, 72 hours or so. It really has, yeah. Um, it, it's like, I, I feel totally blind to a lot. Like, I'm sure that there's important stuff from Hell in a Cell that I've just completely forgotten already. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. quick rundown of, I, I think we probably had a similar week. I watched Hell in a Cell live the yeah. whole way through but I, I watch it here at the office because we're right across the street from where there was an NXT house show that just about everybody we knew we know the wrestling fans in LA everybody was there yeah I saw about like 75% of people I recognized from PWG shows like it was the place to be for wrestling fans yeah so I ran across the street only missed a match or two and then uh, watched that and then of course giant raw big smackdown you were complaining about Orton joining the Wyatt family as I we like just, went I on the air. I don't know where to start on that. So I, I, we will maybe get to a little bit of SmackDown later. We got so much other stuff to talk about, but I'll just say off the top, if nothing else, I love that SmackDown is finally like seems to be going in on like all in on these storylines that they've that like WWE sort of flubbed in the past. Yeah. Like if they if I mean watch them just like turn Randy Orton face again in a week, but like it would be great <laughs> if he was just really part of the Wyatt family. Yeah, I mean I'd be interested to see where it goes. I mean he is the one person who hears voices in his head, so it, it seems this like could a be, logical conclusion. If, what, if, what if it was Bray the whole time? <laughs> right. When it, it was like yeah, it was like Husky Harris was talking in his head <laughs> five years ago. The um, uh, so we. I don't even know what the best part of I guess let's start with the thing we start with every week over the past month, which is Brock Lesnar versus Bill Goldberg. Yeah. We'll just touch on this briefly, but we did see on Monday night a little bit of uh, Goldberg physicality. Yeah. It's a Goldberg in a t-shirt looking pretty pretty big. He looks pretty ru- uh, like ripped, but he also looked a little rusty. Yeah, uh, it was uh, not a, not the smoothest of transitions. He sort of like slipped and fell I, in the beginning of his assault. Yeah, uh, and then I thought the spear to Heyman was like a little strange, but I think that's also just Heyman doesn't want to take it's, a full. It's spear. Heyman, and it's having Brock. I mean, having uh, Goldberg do it to Heyman, right? Yeah. It's not like he can go all in. Yeah, he's got to kind of yeah pull it up a little bit, but. Paul Heyman, man, I mean, yeah, he he's one. an MVP, and he 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 was there to take it. Yeah, but Goldberg looks incredible. Like if I look like that when I'm his age, I'll be thrilled. Uh, he's in good shape. I didn't understand why he was wearing a giant leather parka indoors, but 
and sweating like a beast. I was like, what are you? Well, he's a sweater. He is a sweater. If you go back and watch some of the tape. <laughs> yeah. I, he was drenched by the time he got out there. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's some of it's with age. I, I mean, I, I can t- I can speak as someone who sweats profusely. Uh, <laughs> first of all, being bald is 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 a big problem if you're a sweater. Right. Yeah, it's just going to go You don't everywhere. realize, you lucky people with hair don't realize how much sweat <laughs> the hair just keeps in up there. Yeah. If I go out, like, you know, just if I, like, I'm trying to think, like, if, if, if you do, like, yoga, just something sort of stationary and really, and, like, fairly intense. Yeah. When, you, when, the, when the sweat's not just, like, being whisked away by wind if you're out for a jog or whatever, I feel like a, like a, like a lawn sprinkler. I mean, it's just, like, shooting straight <laughs> out of my head in the most embarrassing way. And you can't even wear a headband because then you look like some cartoon character. Anyway, all, right. all that's too much. We're, uh, Survivor Series will we'll come around to at the end, but it's, it's, it's shaping up. I, we need to talk about uh, our giant pay-per-view this weekend, which was Hell in a Cell. Yeah. Um, my I gotta annual, say, my annual birthday pay per view. It's like it was your always, birthday. It's always right around my. I didn't birthday. know it was your birthday. Yeah, my birthday was on Sunday actually at the NXT show. Well, happy birthday, man! Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Um, I feel I feel like a terrible friend. I should have oh, known please, that. It's I, fine. I, uh, I'll, I'll like you know find a free ringer T-shirt and wrap it up for you. <laughs> hey, all right. Um, so. Hell in a Cell. I mean, I, I feel like I, I just like sighed audibly on this. It was it was a really good show, but I feel like with I feel like this is a piece I've written a hundred times. But there's something about expectations getting too high that's just inherent in something like Hell in a Cell or like the Royal Rumble. You know, when we build ourselves up for every countdown. I mean, WrestleMania kind of goes without saying. Although I feel like we've our, our expectations are tempered to a certain point at Mania at SummerSlam. Yeah, but Hell in a Cell. You go back. I mean, they, they show you Mick Foley falling off the cage three times a week, and all of a sudden you're just like, oh, it's going to be that good. Yeah, I expected some like really big spots, and there just really wasn't very many big spots. It just felt it felt like a, a good pay-per-view, Yeah, but it didn't feel like a spectacular pay-per-view. I think, well, we can, I mean, part of it was the pacing. I'm uh, Okay, I'm just going to go for a really hot take right now. You remember how great... Uh, the John Cena or, or the uh, yeah the, when they had the title match before the debate and everybody knew to, yeah. to tune in right then like, the triple yeah, threat o'clock. yeah and you were just like this is the first thing that's happening maybe a little video package I don't even remember and but I was just like so hyped for it and yeah. you could, like flip channels and whatever I love that there were three big Hell in a Cell matches but the other matches on the card just didn't do anything I mean when with the other, with those matches built to the point that they were they're inside the cell whatever. After the title match between between the the universal title match and the women's championship match, it just felt like all of those matches those all those matches those two matches were just like like painful. You know, all I wanted was to see Sasha and Charlotte go. Yeah, and I was watching wrestlers that I like and just not happy that they were on the screen. Yeah, I agree. I I, I thought that. It's the trap of, like you said, having three cell matches. You can't do them back to back to back. Yeah. Uh, so you have to space in between them. But then the space in between them was just sort of like mediocre space that, I, you know, I, I, I liked all the people performing, but it just didn't have a connection. It didn't yeah. help the flow. There was no sort of build. You know, like a great match. A great match starts off a little excitement. It kind of builds and builds and builds. You have ups and downs, and then you have, a you know, your final payoff. Yeah. We didn't have any of that if you look at it from like a whole pay-per-view as one giant match. There was just no flow to it. It felt very yeah. segmented and 
you're into one and then it was like out and into one and then out. And I get, you know, I've talked about it before. I get the idea of sort of like the popcorn matches or the matches that sort of like let the crowd reset between the giant matches. You know, they right. do it at Mania too. They do whatever. And I have issues with it on a number of fronts. But I feel like this just occurred to me when I was watching it. It's like in 2016, we don't need like we're we're so accustomed to just going into the big match, right? Like yeah. you watch on YouTube, you watch on the network, you just like hop from big match to big match to big match. And any it's not just matches, anything you watch that way, right? Yeah. It's like you, you watch you don't like, you know, if you're binging uh breaking bad, you don't like watch like an episode of of Brooklyn Nine Nine in between each episode to like get the tape to reset your right. brain or whatever. <laughs> right, I mean right. uh uh, but so why, why not just announce? I know they will never do this, but there's three giant matches that yeah. that nominally everybody desperately wants to see, right? And instead of spreading them out, why not just say we're just going to do them at like eight, nine, and ten or whatever? Like those are the times that they're on, and you just like you can tune in just for that. You can go do something else. Yeah, I mean, even have less matches on a pay per view and just go to studio shows, or even just spread them out over a weekend. Like it doesn't like all we care about is just tuning in at the time without feeling so beaten down by everything that's come before, just yeah. to see the big match. You know, well, the thing that's confusing to me is you know I under I kind of understand why Raw is as long as it is because I know it's about advertising dollars yeah. and you know you get an extra hour of that but for a pay-per-view where people are already paying for the network like why are we stretching these pay-per-views into it's, three and four hours you know there's not much I mean I get that's still an advertising thing for the most part sure. but I, I'm, I'm with you on the on the sort of like let's schedule it out a little more at least so like I know because I'm getting to the point now where I just avoid Twitter and then I go and watch it when I want to watch it sure yeah, no, I'm, the, I'm exactly the same way. And there's so much now that I'm literally, like, I don't go on Twitter anymore. You yeah. know, I sometimes will go in to, like, catch up on news on, like, if something's happening or if I'm searching for something. But, I mean, people listening to this will probably have probably all tweeted me to make fun of me for not tweeting. And, like, it's just, there's so much. It's, it's like, it, yeah, you got to just stay away if you want to be surprised. And yeah. like, either way. But, I mean... Uh, yeah, I think that you're exactly right about the network. I'm sure there is a really obvious reason that we're both missing, or what? I mean, why they would why they would spread it out that much. But the other thing the network does, uh, directly relating to the show, is it you don't if you don't have to pre-sell all of your pay-per-views to the to the cable companies, right. then you don't have to do Hell in a Cell every year, right? right? You can just call it WWE October or right. WWE or call it Halloween or whatever, right. and then. And uh, and then have Hell in a Cell matches when they come up naturally in storylines. Yeah, you know, have them actually be meaningful. And I get like, I had totally, I had totally given myself over. Like yeah, every pay per view needs something to pin itself. You know, they need to be able to pin every pay per view on some big match, big event, big notable. You know, some, something that has history. Right. But they don't have to do that anymore. No, and it, it, you know, it's like it'll be interesting to see where we go next year because what we've done, you know, we did three giant cell matches this year. Like, what are you going to do next year? All of them are going to be cell matches. Uh, like we were joking about a Royal Rumble inside of a cell. Like, sure. You, you, when you when you sort of lay it out that you're like, hey, I'm going to do three, and it's going to be the greatest thing, and we're going to have this and that. You set or set yourself up for the next year of just like falling flat again, and especially when this year didn't really live up to the hype at all. Yeah, I mean, we can run through the matches. Roman Roman Reigns versus Rusev was was I, I thought better than I expected it to be. Yeah, but like you know, those. I mean, I I've. It's funny because I'll say that like they had these two have their chemistry is getting better and better, and I sort of like them in a, in brawly matches. Yeah, this was set up to be a great 
exhibition for them. But even though I say it, I haven't fully internalized it yet. So it's I'm I'm pleasantly surprised. I was pleasantly surprised on Sunday. Yeah. But again, I mean, and that was a good way to open the show, I guess. But like, but it wasn't. I just wasn't blown away by it. Well, it just felt like it felt like a great match that had no point being in a in a cell. Like I didn't understand. You know, it didn't feel to me like the cell added anything to that story. Like sure. I could have seen that match outside of Hell in the Cell. Yeah, you know? absolutely. I it was the longest match of the night yeah. by about a minute. Yeah. Um, and it felt like, I mean, I part of it was just the the uh, penalty of going first that everybody that I was watching with was just like staring at the clock on the cable box. And they were like, wait, has this been going on for half an hour? Yeah. Like, what, but like, you know, I don't mind that in big matches like this. Make you like earn it, you know, I mean, go out there and it felt, it, I mean, there were times where it dragged, but I think overall, like it was a good performance by both yeah. of them. And I like the two of them together. I, it's, you know, the storyline itself is not really bothering me all that much. I like watching those two feud. I think I might be done with it now. I think WWE seems like they're done with it too. I mean, yeah. it, we were, I was talking with, with somebody I was watching it with about what comes next. And I was just like, well, uh, I mean, does, is Roman getting set up for like the title push now? I mean, and it does sort of look like he's. I didn't realize watching on Sunday that all of the main eventers were going to be in the, the traditional Survivor Series match. Yeah. So I'm trying to piece this together, and I guess we have another another you know month and a half to go before they actually before we see a, a raw pay per view. Yeah. Um, a strictly raw pay per view, but. Um, yeah, and it was like, where do you go with Rusev? And it's like, well, the obvious answer was let him get jackhammered by Goldberg. <laughs> yeah. And then rebuild him again or whatever. Um, I mean, Rusev is so great. I he's mean, he's so good. It's He's so much fun to watch. And I, I joked before the only, the only heel thing he really did in this entire feud was to shave his mustache off. And But like, <laughs> so good. A, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's really, really great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's primed for something else. Whether or not WWE actually realizes that. Is or whether whether they have a person to put him with right now. I mean, that's you know the confusion for me is like, all right, so where do you go next with a guy like Rusev? Um, especially, he doesn't have a belt, so and he's not going to be chasing the U.S. Championship anymore. So, w- what does this guy do next? Yeah, you know. Yeah, I think there's a lot of. I mean, I think I think that that. Um, I mean, one interesting thing is we're seeing a lot of iterations on just sort of like every version of wrestling storytelling throughout time. Like they're trying to like. You, it seems like they're making really deliberate decisions to s- differentiate the storylines, to kind of go back in history, and oh, we got the two guys that don't like each other as the tag team, you know, whatever. Right. Um, so I'd be interested. I mean, there there are there are a lot of things that you could do with him. Um, I guess my I guess what I was getting at was that it's you know there's also things. I mean, everything th- seems to be happening right now, but I'm sure we could all imagine a way forward for Rusev. I think that. Um, you know, I mean, I think that eventually you start you at least test. test test the waters for a, for a pseudo face turn, you yeah. know, put him up against Braun Strowman or just have him accidentally come face to face in a match with Braun Strowman and right. just see what the crowd does. Right. You know, because um, I mean, listen, they're Lana is a great heel, mm-hmm. but everybody loves Lana, too. Yeah. You know, I mean, everybody loves both of them. Anyway, that's a, a long time on those guys. Um, uh Owens versus Rollins for the Universal Championship. Yeah, I match. thought it was I thought that was the best match of the night. I did too. Um, those two guys together are really good. I thought that the, you know Jericho getting involved was a little early for my liking. Like he was just involved for a lot of the match. Sure. It sort of felt like a triple threat or a two you know a handicap match. Yeah. Uh, so, but I, I thought they they worked together well. I thought that like bump through the tables was fucking brilliant. Like, yeah. 
Owens took a hell of a shot and, you know, sort of like old school, like almost reminded me of how Dean Ambrose used to do, like just like whatever. Yeah. However you want me to fall through these tables, I'll definitely do it. And uh, there's something about Owens. I mean, if you if you go back and watch his, his indie stuff, it's obvious. But like he the way that he's built is like perfect for taking crazy bumps. Yeah. He used to have matches, you know, the Generico matches. Like he used to have matches where I've, I've joked that like it looks like it's a contest to see who can most believably look like they're breaking their opponent's neck. <laughs> and he just lands on his, like, like he just he can just land on his shoulders and his neck, he's like a turtle. Like, his yeah. neck just disappears into his body and, it, and it's fine. <laughs> um, but, yeah, there was some... Uh, <laughs> that that was a really cool spot. There are a bunch of really cool spots. They they did they did a really. I mean, that on its own, I think we would be we'd be talking about if that were the only cell match of the night. Yeah, I feel like we would be talking about it in a different way. I agree. It should have been the only cell match. I I think of the night. That said, the main event, which I don't. I would love to get like the, I mean, it would be super boring, but someday if there was just an oral history or a TikTok of like how this match was announced as the main event and then they kind of walked it back and then put it back on as the main yeah. like, were they just trying, were they, they sad they lost the element of surprise by putting it on that? I don't even know what happened, but it wasn't like a last second decision because they got WrestleMania entrances, Charlotte and Sasha, yeah. Sh- sorry, Charlotte Flair and yeah. Sasha Banks. Um, they, uh, they, they did it, they did it up and, and it was I mean, uh, the entrances were incredible. The match itself, I thought, was really good. Yeah. Again, the bar for these two was so high. I think that was a problem for me. I set the bar for them a little higher than I should have. I should have just let them have the match and then judge it by that point. But, uh, you know, I ju- I was expecting, like, a lot of really big things. And to me, the my only problem with it is, is that it felt like the end of the match just kind of fell apart. Totally, totally fizzled. true. Uh, but everything up until the last two minutes, really. Yeah, if Kevin was... Owens is is built perfectly for being put through tables, Sasha Banks is the opposite end of that spectrum because <laughs> she was. They tried to slam her through a table twice. Charlotte she did, just and... like slid off, <laughs> yeah. and like it just looked so. I mean, it was so much more painful that way. Yeah, um, it looked a lot more real. Yeah, like I was like, oh shit, she missed the table, but. Uh... Yeah, she's. A there have tiny... been a couple of times. Wasn't there a Randy Orton spot where he failed to go through a ta- like a like an Orton Cena like TLC match or something where like you oh, felt yeah, they, they felt... couldn't get through. Well, I think it was a table. They couldn't like they just couldn't get it right. Yeah, I mean when you do it twice and it and it works. Like was that the Kurt Angle throwing Shane through the wall or whatever? Yeah. Like the second time, then you're just like I cannot believe they did that. <laughs> right. But. Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, I, I was I, I got to go back and rewatch that match. I haven't. There's been too much wrestling on. Um, I, I really I remember being I mean, I feel like I was really into it the whole time. And yeah. then you're right. The ending just sort of fell a little bit flat. And I don't mean what I'm about to say in a dismissive way. I think that, you know, as much as WWE was trying to build this up as a history making moment, um and it felt way overdone and kind of unnecessary to the storyline. It was a history-making moment. For sure. They headlined this. They headlined Hell in a Cell. Yeah. Inside Hell in a Cell. Yeah. Um, and and gave a great match. Like, yeah. I mean, it, they and they earned it. Like yeah. it, this wasn't. Yeah. It, this wasn't like some corny, you know, Vince McMahon getting hit with a kendo stick main event. Like yeah. this was a real. Like this is a totally deserving main event match based on storyline history. Uh, but but definitely based on performance. I thought the first five minutes sort of set it up in a, in a beautiful way. When when uh, you, they've done so well with like 
uh, sort of feeding off everyone's perception that Sasha is in injury prone, mm -hmm. right? So we all sort of believe that yeah. to a certain extent because she's been injured a lot. So they immediately start that way. And I had a moment where I was like, oh, no, like, are we doing this? We're going to mm -hmm. do a like uh, uh, a sort of she's too hurt to continue. And then when uh, when Lillian was like, you know, ladies and gentlemen, Sasha Banks cannot continue. I was like, oh, my God, they're really going to like call yeah. this match like they're going to screw us all on this. And, you know, so when she jumped off that thing, I was like the, the, the five year old inside of me exactly. was like, yes, that's exactly right. She's sometimes gonna fight. sometimes the most the most obvious <laughs> like tropes or whatever, like like <laughs> as soon as she jumped off, everyone was just like, well, obviously, but you were too busy screaming with joy. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it, they, some of those things, that's why pro wrestling is so great. Some of those tiny things just can play on your emotions. Yeah, even so if you easy. see them happening, it just, it affects you in the same way. Well, I try to explain to people all the time. There's nothing quite like the instinctual, like joy of a two count. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Like there's just something about that. Like, Oh, oh man. The kick out is amazing. Uh, I still, I when I when I when you said that, I still imagine the Vince McMahon as play by play guy doing the one two new champion. No, like that's yeah. the, like that, <laughs> like it's just so a part of me. Um, but yeah, it, anyway, I, I, all all of that is to say the, the Sasha Banks injury thing. I think is real, and I said last week that I thought the winner of this match from a WWE history making perspective was going to be decided based on who they thought was still going to be wrestling in 10 years when they showed this video package. Right. And that and that's why I think Charlotte went... I mean, it could have been a long-term storyline plan, but I think that Sasha's injury history is is real. Yeah. And, and separately, Sasha may be, you know, doing... Maybe making movies in 10 years. Like, you don't even know. Yeah. Uh, I think Charlotte was, was the right choice for a lot of reasons, but I think that that was probably part of their calculus. It is interesting to me that we keep doing back and forth with the belt with the women, though. I, it's hard for me. I can't really... I mean, Charlotte had it for a long time, but in the last few months, yeah. it feels like it's been back and forth and back and forth. You see that sometimes where they where it comes out eventually or, or, all, or all you can do is assume that they just make a decision that... Like the, like the pay per view needs this to like like at SummerSlam it's like they needed it to be a rematch like they needed right. to like legitimize Sasha right you know by putting her, the belt on her and that stuff's all kind of it seems so sort of silly in the in the in a fake fight world yeah but still I mean you're right they do sort of go back and forth I mean hopefully this just leads to a you know blow off match at some point where they just somebody else one of the two can't wrestle for the belt for six months or something right. you know they, they and I think. Also, we're seeing the rest of the women's division as diminished as it's been from on both sides because of the brand split. Yeah, they're just sort of building it up around these two while they just go at it. Yeah, you know, full steam. Um, but I think at the end of the day, you know, if this was a really cool moment and it was and it was a really good match. Um, and I think that like this is what I was going to say before. I don't mean this to sound dismissive, but it's like. It's okay for, I mean, maybe the greatest thing that they could have achieved was to have a match of this magnitude, of this quality, that kind of left you wanting more, yeah. you know? Because yeah. guy wrestlers have been doing that for 50 years. Well, you look, know? It's, going, it's it. going to make the package, like you said, 10 years from now, strictly based on the historical aspect of it. You know, we've never sure. seen something like that happen. I mean, if you saw Alita on the sort of post show, I mean, she was genuinely overcome with emotion yeah. about like seeing these two women headline a pay-per-view, you know, of that magnitude. It's crazy. And so I think if nothing else, you know, having a great match between the two of them in that spot will legitimize it for years and years and years to come. Yeah. Well, right after that, um, 
I ran across the street, mm-hmm. a little bit dampened by the uh, by the uh, goings on, and saw NXT, which we'll touch on really briefly. Um, there was an, it was just an NXT house show, so it's not like anybody's like who's listening. To this is obligated to know what happened, but. Uh, if you don't know, like NXT house shows are like the best thing in the world. Yeah, it's really good. I had never been to one before, and I was so blown away by just the intensity and the excitement in the room, and it just felt like uh, unlike anything else I'd ever experienced. My only okay, the, it was at the Palladium yeah. in Hollywood, which was the which is just an incredible, great classical venue. Yeah. I mean, not classical music; it's been around forever, and yeah. it's just a really cool spot. And it was perfect for the show. Yeah. I kind of had that vibe, like what I used to have in New York, where I would like see a band at the Bowery Ballroom and be just like, "This is my favorite new band, and this is like the perfect venue." But then, like, you look around and you realize how many people are there, and you're like, "Oh, they're going to be playing Irving Plaza in six months. Like, right. I'm never, I'm <laughs> never going to have this moment again." Right. And it did sort of feel like there. The I think in some of the big cities. I mean, we've seen them in the Barclays Center. NXT's run the Barclays Center twice now, I guess. Yeah. But it's like they're they're outgrowing part of what makes them so charming and awesome. Yeah. I mean, you're going to have that, but then there will be, you know, there'll be the next thing that comes along that is, you know, sort of like the PWG shows or whatever that, that everyone was sort of comparing the night to, I think. Yeah. Everyone said it felt very much like what a PWG show feels like. It was really great. It yeah. was just, it was, it was just such a cool, it was a cool spot. Everybody, I mean, everybody, the crowd was just going nuts for everybody. Yeah. Um, and even like the, I'm trying to think of what a good example is. It's like... Well, the fact that Ty Dillinger, uh, like, his match alone changed the rest of the night's matches because every time there was a count, yeah. it was just 10. Yeah, exactly. On the pinfalls. Every time somebody went out of the... Yeah, every time there was like a 10, a 10 count for being outside the ring, it was yeah. the crowd just said, said 10 over and over Or again. even on a pinfall, the yeah. 1, 2, 3 turned into a 10, 10, 10. And That's this so was, okay. you know, five matches after he had gone. He was so over that night. Like, if he's that over... Every Everywhere they go, then that dude's gonna be like. It's a, it's the unbelievable next because there's not even a logical. There's no. There's nothing about. Uh, well, I'm, I'm gonna at some point I'm gonna have to go back and watch every Ty Dillinger moment on the network. Yeah, but you know what's weird? It happened over the summer, man. I, I watched it happen. I think I even tweeted about it. Like there was just he had a couple of. Ma- it was like after the flush, you know, like after all of the guys sort of got called up, and, right? And it was a NXT was finding its way. Bobby Roode still hadn't really sort of debuted. It was sort of the you know the idea was floating around. He was around, and all of a sudden, like Ty Dillinger is you know like low mid card guy down there and then uh, you just felt this weird build like you just could tell that like the audience was getting behind him and like he was starting to go over a little bit and then in the last like four months man that dude is just like skyrocketing yeah no it's totally true i mean they put him in a couple of i mean like you know he's wrestled he wrestled joe right i mean they put him in a couple of like sort of big pay-per-view or whatever takeover spots yeah and he had that scrappy thing about him. You know, yeah. You knew he wasn't going to win those matches. Exactly. But he gave a hell of a fight. And then you were like, oh, good job, Ty Dillinger. Yeah. And part <laughs> of it is, you know, when you're left with just like all your favorites are gone. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's not, you know, you, you get behind guys like that. I mean, that's very indie wrestling, right? I yeah. mean, that's very like, you know, you go to PWG, you go to even Ring of Honor, you go to, you know, Evolve, whatever. And like, you know, you're the two guys that were that you bought the tickets for are in WWE or, you know, in NXT now. Yeah. What do you do? Well, you you remember the two guys that, that were there last time and you just get really behind them. Right. You know? um, but yeah, it was just a really fun match. It was a really fun night. I mean, and th- that like 
it was such a house show. I mean, like Oshka wrestled in a tag match yeah. with, with Ember Moon as her partner. And, but like she got all of her, her spots in. The crowd got their chance to go absolutely wild for her. Yeah. And it was kind of, it was enough in a way that I think, um, you know, Hell in a Cell or WWE at large, they could, WWE can learn a lot of things from the way the success of NXT and the way it's been booked. And they've, they brought up NXT writers and they've, you know, they've, they've been trying. Yeah. Well, but, I think the great thing about house shows sometimes is they're not beholden to storyline. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and so they're they're free to be able to just you know have some like Oscar and Ember Moon wrestle you know Billy Kay and Peyton Royce like that. That's not going to be a story you're going to see on the NXT tapings. Yeah. Uh, if anything, you're going to see Oscar and Ember Moon going at it soon, yeah. which I cannot wait for. I'm like salivating for. Let's take a quick break uh, before we get before we because this is we're obviously talking a lot about NXT, but um, take a quick break to. Uh, for a word from one of our sponsors. NFL season is in full swing, and it's time for you to get in on the action. I personally recommend BetDSI.com. With over 20 years in business, BetDSI.com has built an impeccable reputation among all types of players. As one of the Internet's top-rated gaming sites, BetDSI offers safe, premium-level service, including 24-7 live chat and phone service. You can wager on every sport virtually. They have hundreds of NFL wagers, college football, NASCAR, UFC, even more than that, including Trump versus Clinton, which at this point, I don't even, uh, that makes me sad to think about that. Uh, with no, with their no-hassle deposit system and fast, easy payments on winnings, it's no wonder BetDSI.com remains one of the most popular gaming sites. Right now, BetDSI will give you $25 free to try the service when you use the promo code BSPN25. That's BetDSI.com, code BSPN25. All right, so one last thought on NXT. I mean, it's hard to put in a, it's hard to put the excitement of that house show in a bottle. Yeah. I mean, there's no way that you, the WWE, that Raw or that SmackDown can recreate that. Although, you know, I, I honestly turned to the person next to me at the show and said, why don't we just have WrestleMania here and like, you know, just charge five grand for half the seats and 25 bucks for the other. I just figure out like the split to make it worth their while to make the money back. And, and, uh, I mean, it did feel like I would love to see a real show. I mean, a real show, that was a real show, but to see like a pay-per-view in a little venue, you know, like what they would go back for the, you know, for the ECW events, they'd go back to Philly or whatever. It just feels so cool. And watching it on the network is like when, when we, when they've done these smaller NXT shows in the network, they feel so cool, you know? And um, I don't know. It's it, just, would, it would be fun to do one, just you know, one of the, now we have 24 pay-per-views a year. Like yeah. One of them could be a small venue, sort of like intimate affair. Why don't, I think we know rich people who like wrestling. Yeah, for sure. I know there's at least one son of an NFL owner who loves wrestling. So right. that's like all the money you could want. Right. But we just got to get some like rich person just to be like, yeah, let's do the Royal Rumble at the Palladium. Right. And then give away the tickets on like a lottery basis. <laughs> it would be basis. so good, but it's never going to happen. No, it's like, not. <laughs> so, so let's setting that aside. I think that what I was getting at earlier was was that it's sometimes sometimes Ashka in a tag match is enough. Yeah. Like if NXT were booked like WWE, then every time. Uh, I mean, again, this is a house show. It's not a direct parallel or whatever. But it's like if every time you turned on NXT on the network. It was Ashka in a Hell in a Cell match or whatever. You right. know, like there's sometimes 
getting your spots in, letting the crowd go wild, and focusing on you know the main event is enough. Yeah, I think you know one of the things that I think is a bit of a problem for WWE when it comes to NXT and, and translating that sort of feel is that. At the top of WWE, you have just an old guard there, you know, who still do, they're still tied to an older way of storytelling. And, you know, you got to really, you know, they'll, they'll let things go for way too long. And then things that are good, they'll cut off short sometimes. Uh-huh. Whereas NXT is still, because it's so intimate, is still driven by what the fans are asking sure. for. Well, yeah, you can make the case too that they're, that NXT, if anything, is, is using an even older playbook. You know, I mean, it's yeah. a very traditional list in a lot of yeah, ways they're but back you're to right like territory style but part of that is responding to the crowd right. you know? i mean you hear that's what you always hear when you listen to rick flair or whoever talk about it it's just like they they you know they called matches on the fly based on what the crowd was responding to yeah well you know the whole james ellsworth thing is like a great sort of callback to those days oh, sure like that guy's having just like it it warms my heart Every time I see it, even though it's like a dumb gimmick and it's like, you know, <laughs> whatever, it's still like, you know, that the crowd is responding to that guy. And I, I love wrestling fans when they do that. You know, they see somebody and, and it goes from being a joke to actually like something that you're really behind. What, you know, how I know your answer to this. I'm, I, this is more of a question, <laughs> just a hypothetical for the audience. Like, let's say that James Ellsworth, uh, I think he signed a deal or he was about to sign a deal last week or something like that. So. He's got a contract, but let's just say that he's got a one-year contract. Downside guarantees, not well. Let's just leave a blank where that what the what the minimum amount of money he can make is. Yeah, and say there's like a seventy-five or eighty-five percent chance that he's just back on the indies, back at his desk job, whatever, inside of six months. Yeah, but like, what is the amount of money that it would take for you to take that job? Because. My, I, my, I can I just answer for, for Steve. Yeah, Steve's is zero. <laughs> what, I mean, like, I, I, like, I'm trying to think about this because it would be so much fun just to go out there and just. I used to always, this is totally off subject, but I used to always, like, one of my great bar questions, not great, one of my favorite bar questions is like when you're, like, you're fa- if you're really into a football team, like my best friend Brian is like such a Cowboys fan. Yeah. And I was like, let's say the Cowboys are in the Super Bowl and you got a chance to go play quarterback for one series. <laughs> And the game, the, like this, isn't the end of the game, but this might, but this is legitimately a series in there, and this might lose the game for them. Right. But you get to play quarterback for the Cowboys in the Super Bowl. <laughs> right? Do you take the do you take the opportunity? Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, right. But like knowing that you could be ruining the like ruining yeah. the Super Bowl for everybody. Yeah. But this is like the best version of that because you know, like James Ellsworth is being put in a position to succeed. Yeah. This isn't like. This isn't like David Arquette getting the belt, you know. No. This is like this guy is they're, they they know exactly how to use him. It seems, mm-hmm. and they're putting him in the best situation. So, yeah. like I would walk away from my job. I feel like to go do that for six months, like it, for like sure, it, with the confidence that that I mean, maybe I wouldn't have done it when Ellsworth said yes. Of course, he was gonna, you know, probably an easier decision for him. Yes, but. Like now, seeing how well they've used him, oh my gosh, that would be so great. Yeah, and I think too, you know, I always want to get a job that has a huge, like, you know, sort of Comic-Con following so that I can then go and do all these conventions for the rest of my life and sort of supplement my income. So on that level alone, he's going to have that sort of extended fame long beyond whatever contract he has. You know, it's like the same way that we all go to WrestleMania and I'm like, oh, look, it's fucking, you know, it's a hardcore Holly or whatever, you know. How how are you not on? on the new uh, Star Trek show. 
Uh, listen, let's talk to CBS about that. I don't have any answers. This for is you. that's crazy. I like know. you could be, you would be like so much better than Riker. You could be like the like Riker two point <laughs> um, I say that as a serious Star Trek fan. Um, is there Star any Trek. a bit like I guess if there, I don't know if there's anything else you want to touch on from NXT. Um, the the main event was Nakamura, Samoa Joe, and Eric Young, which I think. By the way, insider knowledge here. I think it was supposed to be uh, Austin Aries uh, instead of Eric Young. Instead of Eric Young, uh, but Aries is clearly uh, hurt badly right now. I think it's uh, his eye maybe has like a fractured orbital, but Ooh. I think he's. I heard maybe two to four months uh, on that, but that's all speculation. That's nothing official. That's the rumor wave. Um, but if you saw the picture, it looks pretty brutal. It doesn't look just like Oh, yeah. A, I'm looking at it right now. It's a brutal kick from Nakamura. Wow. Yeah. Either, either they're really putting over Nakamura as a, as a legit badass or, uh, and we're getting worked. Or as uh, that eye is uh, really bad, though. That's a that looks like more than a a, a, a black eye. It looks like a oh yeah, that a, looks terrible a fracture. Um, but we'll see. I mean, he it was, looks like he has like like Audrey two from Little Shop of Horrors in his <laughs> on his face. Yeah, totally. That's really unfortunate. Um, so wish him well. well yeah, that's really soon. great. Okay, um, before we get out of here, we should touch briefly on um, Survivor Series since over the past two days on Raw and SmackDown, things are really sort of coming into uh, coming uh, into focus. Mm-hmm. Like I said early in the show, I had no idea that we were actually going to go all in on Team Raw versus Team SmackDown being like the stars. The way they announced it was the five best women from each show. So you kind of knew that that was going to be the shape of that. And yeah. the five best tag teams. Yeah. And then they said, oh, and five men versus five men. Yeah. Like you, it, it set the table for it to be, there'd still be title matches on both sides. There'd still be all the big feuds. And then we'd just have like, you know, the kind of B team in there. Yeah. Um, Braun Strowman. Rusev. Bron- yeah, Braun Strowman, who's, who is on the team. But I think what's really interesting is that they're not only go, treating this as a big deal, but they're also letting storylines play out within the teams. They right. could have also done... It would have been fairly easy to do, uh, you know, to kind of do like all heels on the Raw team and all baby faces on the SmackDown team or vice versa. You right. know, they could have sort of built it up that way and, and, and made it be kind of boring. Or they could have just done, you know, two matches, to, you know, whatever. But... Um, I really love that we have... Okay, so Team Raw as it stands right now, spoiler alert, if you haven't watched Raw and SmackDown, <laughs> and if you haven't, then what? I don't know what, how you got this far into a podcast about wrestling. Um, Owens, Jericho, Reigns, Strowman, and TBD. All right. Which I guess TBD, one would assume, is going to be Seth Rollins. I would assume... And le- like, but then I don't know. Like, where's Sami Zayn? That's exactly what I was gonna. That's what I was thinking too. When I was driving to work today, I was going through it in my head and put Sami Zayn in that spot. And then I was just like, oh wait, but Rollins. But then has, what do you do with yeah. Rollins? Yeah. Um, I told. I just forgot about Rollins. I mean, listen, this is another great, mo- a great opportunity to do a three, a, do a, a shield stare down in the middle of this match, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so and I, I find it hard to imagine they would they would skip that. But then. On the SmackDown side, we have Styles, Ambrose, um, Baron Corbin, I guess is sort of the, the, the wild card Braun Strowman spot, spot yeah. Bray Wyatt, and Randy Orton. Yeah. Um, which is a pretty stout team there. It's hard to imagine. It's hard to imagine that it won't be Rollins, but again, they have to have some other. They have to have some other matches on this card. I would assume, but then you know you've got you've got uh, Ambrose, and I mean, I don't think you're going to get a Cena Rollins match at Survivor Series just for 
shits and giggles, but like, you know, those, no. are the, those are the two people that we don't know what they're doing at this point. They have announced that Ziggler is fighting someone from Raw. Right. For so, the for for the belt? Yes. So that so could it's be a possibility that the belt could go back to Raw. Sure. Maybe the Sami Zayn there, I don't know. Or maybe Rollins there. I mean, you you could kind of go a lot of ways with it, but if when you I mean, there's there's Lesnar versus Goldberg, which is going to be uh it's not going to be a 30-minute match, but it's going to take up at least 30 minutes of airtime between yeah. video packages and shenanigans and everything else. Probably at least a 5-minute stare down. Yeah, and a 10-minute promo from Heymendo, but yeah, it's going to Goldberg gonna, yelling, "Come on!" We've from the got, other side yeah, of the ring. We've got the block. We've we've got a Lesnar Goldberg block of a minimum 30-40 minutes. Um and then we have the the the, the SmackDown team, I mean, sorry, the tag team Survivor Series, which is going to be just a great schmoz. Yeah. Uh, if everybody gets their spots in, it'll be amazing. Yeah. Um, and then the women's five-on-five match, which is going to be incredibly cool. Uh, Naomi's officially on the team. I think they've. I mean, I'm looking at I'm looking at Wikipedia right now, but it, but it's they they've finalized the I think most of these spots. Yeah. Um, it's good that Nia Jax is back. I have a feeling this is going to be an opportunity to put her over pretty big in this in 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 that uh, at the at the end of that match. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, all of that was to say that you know those are a bunch of big matches, but Ziggler versus TBD might need to be twenty five minutes long anyway. Yeah. I mean, I guess the entrances for these Survivor Series matches could be half the show. Well, it's a good point. It's still four hours to fill. Yeah, it's, <laughs> so, it's a lot. It's a lot of time. Um, but yeah, so there's, I mean, that's really cool. I mean, also, you know, it, it, it could be Ziggler versus Rusev. Like that it could that's just be the... point as well. I, it, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I think you've got to put Rollins in that, you know, the five best. I think so too. I, I mean, think it, that it, it's clearly the main event and it's the spotlight for all these people. Yeah, I, it'd be interesting to see since they're holding it back, like what if there's going to be some sort of push in the next couple of weeks to like decide who that last person is or like what comes about. Does Triple H somehow get involved in this? Uh, yeah. You know, we haven't really seen him since he came back and, and gave Owens the belt. So. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see... Um, yeah, I mean, I think that they they need to sort of announce these big matches, but also have something that's sort of a, sort of a trailing bit of intrigue, and that's right. what this is. I mean, it won't it wouldn't surprise me if they just are trying if they book Rollins into a, you know a sort of underdog having to earn his earn his spot you know for the next couple of weeks. Yeah, um, because you know they're they've they've been trying some different things with him without without a hundred percent success. Yeah, I, they're, I think they're trying to figure. I mean, it's a tough sell because you know you go from being the guy who got everything because people were screwing other people to help you get it, and then he just got so over, and his clear like ability outweighed that storyline. Like that's not a guy who needs things handed to him. Yeah, he's a guy who earns his stuff, and so now you have to sort of rewrite history a little bit and find a new way to sell Seth Rollins. And I think right now they're a little bit like spaghetti on the wall <laughs> they're like let's just figure out what sticks and, uh, i i totally agree I, I mean i just i think that you know he's not going to get the roman reigns treatment from the fans but i think that the reaction to him has been a little bit based in the same in the same sort of you know i mean there's a seth freaking rollins shirt before there before, like the day he sort of turns face right you know that's sort of something that you earn yeah um and, and i think that you know i think 
I don't I don't know if it's sort of a fait accompli that he's going to be a champion soon, but I think that's a little bit what the fans are reacting to. For the smart fans like us, and I think you're 100% right that you're, like there's a bunch of average fans that still aren't sure why they're cheering, why they should be cheering for him. Right. Um, I've talked about this before, but like comment sections on WWE videos on YouTube or on WWE.com are just wonderful places <laughs> to just let, let your brain bleed and spend some time. <laughs> but like casual fans really hate Seth Rollins. And part yeah. of that is because he was such a good heel for so long. Yeah. But there's also an element. I mean, people that I watch it with, uh, like my girlfriend are watching, she's just not that into Rollins. She hates his voice for one thing. But like, I think that he, he doesn't, come across as like a cookie cutter pro wrestler and i think that there's so much ingrained in wrestling fans about you know what a pro wrestler should look what a champion should look like yeah um and 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 act like and talk like and whatever uh not everybody is not everybody is born with the with the monster voice that braun Strowman has you know or at least that he's affecting and he's yeah. uh you know he's he's man i don't even want to get into braun Strowman. i feel like <sighs> I, I don't have the time I'm just offer. I'll go ahead and offer my services to WWE to uh, to to be a talking head on the Braun Strowman DVD documentary that comes out, the network only maybe documentary that comes out eventually because I have a lot of thoughts on the guy. Anyway, um, Survivor Series is uh, is on November 20th, so you know it's right around the corner. Unsurprisingly, at least we have a couple of weeks without a pay per view. Yeah, uh, we have a big NXT takeover In between Toronto. now and then. Yeah, um, which will be really cool. But the but. Uh, I don't, I mean, I don't, it's, I feel so, I feel so lucky to have gone to that house show, the NXT yeah, house too. show. It felt like a really special night. Yeah. Uh, if you get a chance to go, if people listening to this, like a hundred percent go. And I don't say this as like a wrestling nerd, even though I am like, I'm not like a wrestling hipster about this, but like, I would rather go to an NXT house show than go to WrestleMania. I'm, I, that's a bold proclamation. That's a bold statement. I think that I've said before, everybody should go to WrestleMania. If yeah. you're a wrestling fan, go to a WrestleMania. Yeah. It's not necessary like to spend the weekend. It's not like necessary it to go to it. 10 WrestleManias. No. It's being in the football stadium to watch wrestling is not, should not be anyone's idea of a good time. Right. Well, should be. You can have whatever your idea of a good time is. But my guess is it's not ideal. Yeah. It's the weekend. It's the weekend of events that I think sells WrestleMania. It's yeah, not absolutely. watching wrestling in 118,000. 100% I would rather have a pretty good seat. At, at Raw after Mania yeah. than an okay seat at WrestleMania. I agree. I But like... If I would definitely trade an NXT house show for a Monday Night Raw taping. Oh, yeah. In a heartbeat. I, in, I, think, I think I can say with almost any other pay-per-view, I would 100% go to an NXT house show instead. Yeah. Um, it's just fun. It's fun to be part of a crowd that like you're all in it together. And part of that was a similar feeling that I had when I went to a WWE straight up like WWE house show at Staples Center not that long ago, several yeah. months ago. But it just... You're freed from the storylines, like you were saying. Um, you're freed from the expectations of like the snarkiness that you feel you have to put on this like this like smart coat because the cameras are on and right. like, ch- and chant ironically and do it. All. I mean, and, listen, I've been a part of it too. It's just like it's a different thing. We're all in it together. We're all cheering the baby faces and booing the heels and just like letting the match happen in front of us, you yeah. know. And it's I don't know. It's just really great. Yeah, it was a great night. Um, Hell in a Cell, uh, I think. Could, I mean, I don't know. If there's anything they could they could have done to fix it, but it could have it could have benefited from a little bit of that. Like, just we're all in this together. It's yeah. not gonna we're not gonna explode your brains with amazing new things. It's just gonna be good, you know. It's like and, sometimes when you go out to dinner, 
and you have a really great dinner. And by the end of the dinner, you're super full. You feel great. It was a great meal. And then they come over and they offer you dessert and you know, you shouldn't have it. Yeah. But you do it anyway. Yeah. And you always ruin your meal. Yeah. Because you're like, oh, now I just feel like shit. I think that's sort of like what happens in these pay-per-views. It's like, just be okay with having a great meal. So It doesn't need to be five courses. It can be three. So like the NXT house show was like, what was like a really, was like just like a, like a wrap that you grabbed on the way somewhere <laughs> that you just remember because you like, you would have yeah. you could have eaten three of them. Yeah. You're like, I'm hungry. I'm going to grab a wrap. And then you get it and you're like, wow, this place has great wraps. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like telling people about the wraps. Right. Like, I, I, and then it becomes your wrap place. Yeah, and, yeah. Then, and then you start, you're like, I don't know if I really want to tell any more people because I, I don't want them to run out of wraps. Right, totally. um, yeah, for like anybody, yeah. That, well, anyway, well, we'll just end on the wraps yeah. because I don't think it can get any hey, better than would that. would you say that's a wrap? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Hey, yo. I'm just going to, that's it. I can't do any better than that. See you later, humanoids.